0: Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Starving for Attention, a podcast uh, with something important to say. It's Green Chef. They're a USDA-certified organic meal kit service that gives you everything you need to make five-star meals in the comfort of your own home. You get high-quality, premium organic ingredients and Easy to follow, chef crafted recipes delivered right to your door you'll also love that green chef does most of the prep work for you each box comes with pre-made signature sauces and some ingredients already pre-chopped i mean think like onions or butternut squash who's got time uh to chop those more flavor in less time what's not to love about that they also have a meal plan for everyone like vegan paleo gluten-free and more uh this week i actually went vegan and it's super easy to switch meal plans uh, so you can try even more great recipes. I mean, to be honest, Jasmine, you remember, uh, I cooked all of those yeah. uh, Green Chef meals.
2: <laughs> you treated it like a, a challenge.
1: I treated it like it was the Green Chef challenge. I yeah. cooked all of the all dishes. Of three,
2: all three of them, all before 9
1: a.m. was the, All before 9 a.m. Yeah, They were all delicious. It the worked. whole family ate, ate them. I really enjoyed it. It was really good stuff. I will, I'm going to use it again.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, absolutely delicious. And they do the right work. They do all the seasoning stuff for you.
2: Right. And yeah. they
1: give you some work to do like while things are cooking, but it was effortless. I mean, I felt like it was effortless. It's yeah. really, really good. So if you want to eat restaurant quality meals at home, just go to greenshefus slash Richard and you'll get $50 off your first box. That's greenchef.us. Get
2: your own slash.
1: Slash Richard for $50 off. Trust me, you don't need my skills to cook delicious meals with Green Chef.
0: Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone in the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, famous chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze.
1: Welcome to Starving for Attention, a podcast devoted to getting to the bottom of the culinary industry, getting to the bottom Like a Tokyo businessman or woman gets to the bottom of a bowl of Ivan Orkin ramen.
2: Oh, fast then.
1: Fast. Tilting back the proverbial bowl of dashi and slurping down the last few drips to reveal all that's left. The last few bites and pieces of delicious meaty sediment. Meaty sediment sounds really appealing to me. Because that's what's imagery. left at the end of the bowl. It's good
2: imagery. I don't know bits if it and like something I'd want to eat.
1: It's really, yeah. But it's what's left is the essence, and you know the essence of this show is, of course, here. Hi, Jasmine. Hey. And uh, producer Heather is behind the glass of the walk-in. Hi, Heather. How are you? And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm excited because like we're talking about ramen. Ramen. Ramen's really really good. It's one of my favorite foods. And there's a new show focusing on it, or more like focusing on the sound of it. That's right. Listen in to all the slurping and crunching, the lip smacking and swallowing of it, of, of it all on Food Monsters, the Eating Show, every day. Watch and listen in on random strangers just having lunch, but turned up high. This this isn't a show. Maybe even turned up high, Jasmine. <laughs> it's the Eating Show, now playing on uh, Instagram. Hey Heather, what? what do you think about that? Real real or not? That show. We're playing the first game with you. I- <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, it's real. It's real. It it's is. a real thing.
2: Listen, uh, you know, I, I spend some time on the Instagram, and uh, I stumbled across this account.
1: You found this, so uh, yeah. you you fell down the rabbit hole of this thing called the Eating Show, Jasmine. Yeah, it's so
2: it's Eating dot Show,
1: but then it's also right. subtitled called Food Monsters. That's their
2: name, yeah. Which
1: right. is kind of cool. But what is it about?
2: So it's, from what I can gather, it's just uh, people eating, typically, you know, crunchy fried chicken, uh, ramen noodles, maybe like a hot dog or a corn dog, but they're all mic'd.
1: It's a little insane. It's, a, it's got a little of a fetish sort of thing. Oh, co- oh it's, totally. It's, it's creepy. It creeps me out. a page of people just of eating food, but the audio is really jacked up. Yeah. And, and you uh, follow them. I follow them.
2: Which is – You don't real follow? Que- No. It's real questionable. I, I, I definitely didn't want to stick my toe in that water, if, as it were.
1: Because um, you'd be like, ow, if you put your toe in that right. water. Um, But it's you also mentioned gross. it's like basically like tiny women slurping giant bowls of yeah. noodles.
2: Yeah. There's a part of it that almost is like eating competition. Like it's they're eating these huge bowls of noodles and you watch them and it's, it's odd. You it's certainly Should odd. I be ashamed that, um, listen, that I follow them? Listen, I didn't follow them.
1: I, it's too cool. And, yeah. I think it's, it's a really amazing. I just love that we're also giving our uh, listeners and audience a chance to find some of these amazing Yeah, hot tip. Hot tip on this Instagram. Hot tip uh, on this Instagram account. Uh, it's called The Eating Show. Uh, a matter of fact, for the first time on Starving for Attention, uh, we're going to give our audience... Our listeners who are – who knows what they're doing right now. They're yeah. driving around. They're in their kitchen working. They're, they're just getting
2: a chance to play along. Playing
1: something in the background. We're going to play the game with them. So All we're along. going to play some audio from The Eating Show, this new Instagram account we found. And uh, uh, listen up, audience, because I'll you're if
2: you're queasy about things like this. Spoiler
1: alert. Meaning it, it could spoil your lunch. Right. It's kind of gross. Uh, yeah. If like you're if not, you're one of those
2: people that maybe you've broken up with someone because they chew too loudly, oh this my is gosh. not for
1: you. This is also a, a fear of mine because I mentioned to Heather that I'm always concerned that you can hear me swallowing in the mic. And I've listened now that we're podcasters officially. I listen to other podcasts. No, no, and no. no. Like, you don't
2: – not your swallowing. It's just kind of your like –
1: it's like a little dry <laughs> – yeah, <it's laughs> little, Heather just made a really like, oh.
2: She, she heaved a little. It's on, like, yeah, yeah she it's, – yeah.
1: it's pretty gross. So I'm really now attuned to it in yeah. other podcasts. So like right. if you do – if you listen, if you're a podcaster out there and you have to swallow or you have a little dry mouth, do it away from the mic. Like I just did right there. You can't really listen to it. You can't really hear it. Uh, But listen, our audience is going to play this game. So we're going to play some of the audio from this amazing thing called The Eating Show. Are you ready, Jasmine? I'm ready. Okay. So listen up, everyone. What is this person eating? (laughs) First of all, if you didn't say it was someone eating... you're letting it play out.
2: I was giving you the long cut. Please.
1: That's the long cut. Like, if you didn't say that it was food involved, I would say it's a, it's a walk through the woods on a crisp fall morning.
2: <laughs> well, that's a lot more romantic than what was happening in the picture.
1: Which we have, should give people a little bit of a, of a, of a hint
2: of what it is. Give them a mul- uh, you know, multiple choice.
1: Yeah. I, listen, with everything that's on this account, basically, they're either slurping noodles, crunching on some chicken wings... Or that's actually audio of Jasmine eating a burrito in studio. Those are your choices. (laughs) Okay. And the answer, of course, is... That was fried chicken. That was fried chicken. Yeah, that was crunchy. That was the crunchiest (laughs) fried chicken you've ever heard. Absolutely. I have to admit, I don't know if you heard it, probably not, but my stomach growled. Listening to I'm that glad dude, glad no one heard it. Chow down on those chicken wings. We're those not turning into that show. Sounded this, like the crunchiest. This is almost over. Wings. For those I of love you chicken I wings know. though. Like it, it. I reacted to that sound. Well, um, okay, here we go. Another uh, audio clip. What is this? This is someone eating. Acted.
2: Oh. Oh. oh, She's not the only one.
1: She's not. So was that uh, crunchy corn dogs, uh, ramen noodles, or again, the third option, Jasmine eating a burrito in studio. You guys got it right. That one's slurping slurp, noodles. Slurp. Uh, that was actually a girl, a small uh, woman sitting in a bowl of ramen, slurping <laughs> her way out of this giant bowl. You got to find this account. It's pretty fun. Eden.show. Uh, Eating.show. I'm going
2: to say they just went private. Food monsters. I I think it might be your fault. (laughs) I started following them and then they shut down. (laughs) They shut it down. Like shut this down. This guy's not into it. This dude
1: from the American Food Network and all those shows is like he's on to us.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, But it's kind of fascinating. And um, listen, we're having fun because that's like some fun stuff to find. It's actually a pretty fascinating. uh, I might Americanize it. And see if we can work something out. Uh, but you know, we like to have fun. And if you notice, if you're following us on social media at Starving4Pod, the number four, you know, everyone, of course, you're, you're making sure that you download and subscribe on the Apple Podcasts because I'm obsessed with those ratings. And you're going to the Podcast One app to listen to us. Um, but if you follow us on social media, you know, we like to have fun. You know that recently we put up a picture. On the door of our walk-in studio, which is what we call our studio, the walk-in, meaning like in the kitchen, a safe place where usually chefs or cooks or restaurant people gossip. But we put a picture on the door of Christopher Walken. Yeah, funny. Because it's the walk-in studio. Or punny, actually. Very punny. Yeah. And this is like one of the uh, best jokes I think that's ever happened in a kitchen. A lot of kitchens do this.
2: Yeah, I've seen it. It's Lots. around.
1: Uh, where they have this picture, different pictures. I mean, not, not
2: like serious kitchen. I mean, like.
1: What you know. are you saying? First of all, <laughs> I have had those in my kitchens, but you're right. There's I it certain... like it's
2: not at the French Laundry, you know.
1: Oh, it's not at the French Laundry, but have you? It's another really fun like social media account to follow is the French Laundry, where you know that's a three Michelin star restaurant. Thomas mm-hmm. Keller, amazing chef, but they do like their daily inspiration. So if you go on their um, Instagram account, I think it is, you can find. On, this, on the pass, the pristine place where all the food is finished, they usually take these little snippets and quotes, pictures, and it'll be like, Sean Astin as Rudy. And it'll hey. say, like, play like a champion today huh. in green frog tape. Interesting. So they do these. Inspir- so it's actually a very serious kitchen, but they have fun, too. Oh, no, that's good. So I love this whole idea of, the, of Christopher Walken. So send us uh, your pictures of Christopher Walken so that we can put them up behind us, maybe here in studio. We need to start dressing the place up a little bit. Sure, why not? Um, But it keeps it nice and light. I think that that's really, really fun. And it's remind me sort of, you know, that sort of kitchen humor. It's a day gone by of sort, you know, um, where when I was a young cook and maybe not the, the most serious kitchens there were a lot of pranks played. Pranks. Kitchen pranks. Things that like you do that are harmless, hopefully, Uh but you might do for a work colleague. These don't have to necessarily be things that happen, only in professional kitchens. Okay. Uh, And it got me to thinking about some of, like, my favorite sort of kitchen pranks. And you're a restaurant person. Yeah. So you've been a part and privy to some of this. Yeah, I've seen
2: some good ones in my time.
1: Yeah, some just good nature, like, you know, just ribbing, just, like, people going at it. Um, One of my favorites, this is a classic, is when – you just put a bunch of salt in someone's beverage. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. And That's then fun. like they're drinking some tea and like, oh, they go to to grab it real quick because they're working in a restaurant yeah. and then they go to, to drink it and, oh, it's salt. It's not sweet tea. Yeah. It's salty tea. Heather, I can see now. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Yeah.
2: Dirty, I have a coffee in front of me. Yeah, what's dirty, happened? Dirty I trick.
1: I left the producer's booth for a second. Who knows <laughs> Should what's I in? take a sip? Who knows what's in this coffee? I've also like putting an egg in someone's drink, a raw egg. Oh. oh, yeah. That's a gross one. That's real gross. For some reason, we're being really, really oh. – I'm being really childish today, it seems like. I, I don't know. know. Um, but what was another one? Oh, this is my favorite. So these are personal, by the way.
2: So <laughs> Personal like they've been done to you or uh, both. you've done them? Okay. Get both. In,
1: in all seriousness, I was young and silly sometimes. Uh, making a nice canal – and a canal is a scoop of ice cream usually that's really glossy and shaped like a football. Right. In, in French cuisine, it's called a canal. Making a nice canal of room temperature duck fat oh. and telling a young cook that it's pear sorbet. Oh. That may have been done to me.
2: Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> now. it possible. actually started your love of eating just duck fat. It, it started
1: my love and yeah, my love affair with duck fat for sure. But they look similar. Now, here's the thing. If you're if you're really into food, you're not going to be that upset if you right. nibble on yeah. uh, some duck fat that looks like ice cream. But it it's can jarring. be shocking, right, because yeah. the temperature is not cold. Right, yeah. But it does look similar. So that's a good one. A little bit more on the fine dining tip. Here's one that I read <laughs> about that I have not seen done yet but I'm really anxious to pull it off is – pouring some balsamic vinegar over someone's cola drink. So like some ice. You have some ice cubes and then Not pouring it over their cola drink. I'm sorry. Replacing the cola with balsamic vinegar over ice. I was going to say, like, maybe
2: you just made a gourmet soda (laughs) I think I did just
1: make (laughs) balsamic soda, which we should put on the menu. Yeah. But you know how, like, sometimes it looks – you know, it's dark. It's a dark liquid. Mm -hmm. So balsamic vinegar over ice. I don't get it. Yeah, but you're working, right? So you're on the line. We all know that cook that works next to us that guzzles fizzy beverages while they're cooking. Mm -hmm. You go to grab it real quick. You wait. You've never, like – Grabbed an iced coffee when you thought it was a cola, or vice versa.
2: Maybe. I mean, I know the the jarring sensation of and it that. freaks you out. Sure. So I just don't believe that you could look at balsamic on ice even and think it's a drink. I don't know viscosity. So you're you're like. missing.
1: I feel like you're working though, right? So like <laughs> right. you're just you just threw a whole chicken uh, in the oven and this then you is, come this back is to your a station.
2: Back of the house versus front of the house mentality.
1: It is. Well, there yeah. are some good front of the house ones.
2: Yeah. As well. So That's you're true. saying, yeah. wait,
1: wait a second. I think you just knocked the back of the house for a second. You're saying that cooks <laughs> little, are little, not smart enough to realize that their cola is really balsamic vinegar yeah, like because it doesn't have bubbles.
2: Yeah, like in a way. Ooh, rough shot. <laughs> a little shot. like, like you're, you're not even like paying attention to what you're doing.
1: Validating stereotypes that the know. front of the house is smarter not than the anymore. back of the house. It's, it's all Which we yeah, all know all is same. not true. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> as a chef and a cook. Uh, but here are some of my favorite front of the house.
2: All right, let's um, hear them.
1: Pranks, if you will. Uh, one of my favorite is um, hey, uh, busboy, or on your side service station duties, emptying out the water from the coffee machine.
2: Uh, ah, yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's a good one. Because it's, so, it's the, the one that's like piped. Like, yeah, it's connected to, connected the, to the water. It'll supply. never really end. <laughs>
1: right. um, I
2: filled up four of these Lexans. Yeah, exactly. So you got
1: <laughs> a new like runner or a busser who wants yeah. to be a server. That's always a good prank. I also don't do that one. In California, really don't do it. Uh, save the water. Yeah, yeah. Don't that. don't like dump yeah. the water out so because especially it. in California, you could use that water. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm being very public servicey about it. You just, um, I
2: think you lost your edge. I lost my edge. I know <laughs> what's pranks? going on with me.
1: On pranks, um, yeah. Here's a good for another good front of the house one. And you're <laughs> over there by that coffee machine. You know how they have like the espresso, like the compact grinds from the espresso.
2: Right. That you pack into the little. yeah yeah have you
1: ever noticed that like the the sort of spent espresso grinds look like maybe like i don't know an oreo cookie
2: all right sure yeah
1: put a little whipped cream on one of those bad boys
2: okay and then you have someone eat it
1: yeah you're like hey look look what the pastry team made today everyone uh we have some (laughs) delicious chocolate cookies and guess what it's really just spent espresso you'd have to have
2: someone really sell it i feel like
1: you really you'd have you would yeah someone but you can do it uh, because i've seen it done all right um uh, one of the, this is a personal one to me. I, I know that this for some reason really bothers you, Jasmine, but um, I like to take sometimes really young, new, green, newbie chefs and like send them into the refrigerator walk-in to look for ingredients but give the ingredients different like exotic names. So one of my favorites is uh, sending a chef to get quail eggs but telling them to go find that they're t- tarantula eggs.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they're
1: like, oh, ew, it's kind of gross, but they
2: could—that could happen. They feel like you could do that on like a child, and they it would work. But it works because they're new
1: chefs. They don't, they want to listen. They want to do a good job, and maybe they've never seen a quail egg before. All right. That one might be a little silly. My favorite though is, and this one I do do from time to time, uh, and for some reason it's funny to me. But telling, uh, you know, dried horse—if you ever seen fresh horseradish.
2: Like the root, you mean? The root, horseradish yeah, okay. root, sure. Yeah. And usually,
1: when you get it, it's dusty and dirty. Yeah, it's a root. Uh, it's a root, exactly. It's kind of gross, um, but I always like say, "Go get uh, the dehydrated elephant trunk, baby elephant trunk from the fridge." Aww. It's not really an elephant Someone trunk. Someone falls it's a, for that. People fall for it. They uh, think it's some exotic dehydrated elephant trunk, and we shave it over. We pasta. should look at our
2: hiring practices. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you, so you're insulting the intelligence of the of the of the Well, is it the magician or the
2: wand? You know? mm,
1: it's the, definitely <laughs> the magician, which is me, I guess, is yeah, what you're that's saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, but this one, I don't know if it falls into uh, the classification as a prank, but I know you're a big fan of this.
2: Oh, I know this one, the bucket.
1: The bucket.
2: I don't know if it's a prank either, but it's the best.
1: The bucket. If I love you love the bucket. Don't know much about the restaurant industry. This is It could be c- kind of controversial.
2: Right. But it's celebratory. It's it, a compliment.
1: It is. If you get the bucket at a restaurant. You're, you're valuable. You're valuable. You've meant a lot to that team. And to show y- their respects, for that team yeah. to show you their respect for all of your hard work on your last day of work, they usually douse you. In all sorts of mysterious liquids just and a, food particles. a bucket
2: of collected waste from the day. A
1: pickle bucket filled with assorted animal blood and fish parts.
2: Fish water and, you know, discard. Vinegars.
1: Yeah. Who knows Gross. what's in it. Coffee Anything. grinds. Yeah. All of those pranks that we just, in one bucket. Right. And then on your last day, because you worked so hard. Yeah. They dumped this on you. Splash it in your face. Heather is appalled
2: <laughs> Heather just at the turned industry.
1: White. <laughs> now, listen, uh, I don't condone this necessarily.
2: Uh, well, you used to. I, I,
1: I was a younger chef at a time. And listen, I've been. I've also been on the other end. Ah. I've received a bucket. It is, you, like you said, it's a celebratory. Uh, they're
2: at the restaurant. At my yeah. restaurant's banned. They're banned. They have right? to be
1: banned because, you know, I have a podcast now. You're like an old girl. Like I have, um, you know, I, I have to be responsible. Um, but there have been some – the, the best bucket that I received was amazing because it's also not – listen, it's kind of gross what, what ends up getting dumped on you. right But the process for you to actually get the bucket dumped on you is super fascinating to me. Right. like I want to moneyball that because it takes like a month sometimes of planning. When are we going to get this? <laughs> I thought employer? you were going
2: to talk like the bucket takes a month to start, <laughs> well, which some people do. It does. They get a real fermentation process Oh, there's going.
1: bubbles going.
2: Yeah. It's yeah.
1: bad. a matter of fact, the whole fermentation craze might have started with just a bucket and some right. young cook was like,
2: hmm. Hey, I closed I'm this. i going to work uh, in
1: Paris now, but this this tastes really good. Yeah. <laughs> um but the process of setting up the bucket is kind of fascinating. Right. So for me, I remember I had to – in the restaurant where I got this bucket uh, that we may have already mentioned in this podcast, uh, I was leaving to go out to the shed where – like to go find a piece of equipment. Go find the spatula outside on this dark country road and I'm going out <laughs> yeah. to basically the equipment shed and then I get a couple feet out there. And this was at a day and time where I wore big wooden clogs. Because I'm a dork. Yeah. With like big heels. (laughs) Right. Like real Dutch clogs. Thick thick clogs. You can't move in them. They're hard. Like you get just all sorts of blisters. I don't know why chefs wore clogs. Um, And I'm on this cobblestone country road and I'm a few steps outside in the dusk of it all. And then all of a sudden, chefs jump out from both sides of me. Scary. And chase. It's super scary. Yeah. And they chase me down. I lose one of my clogs. Because you're running in the heels. I sprain my ankle. I fall, and I get bucketed, which is now a verb.
2: I suppose. yeah. Yeah.
1: And who knows what was in it? Fish parts and flour. And then there's always oh. like one little... Yeah, so they tar and feathered you. Tar and feathered is basically what happens. Yeah. But then you take pictures and you're like, look, I I spent two years working here. Everybody
2: slaps you on the back. It's amazing. I got
1: minimum wage for two years.
2: You know what reminds me of it? It reminds me of the uh, the Gatorade bucket at the end of the game. That's what it is. Yeah. Good enough. That's, yeah. So it's totally complimentary. Right. Like it You just, don't see it just stinks. Belichick
1: more. complaining about... He probably totally complains probably does. about he the He probably Gatorade gets really bucket. mad. Yeah. Um, but with Chef's... Now, my favorite bucket that I was on the... Um, the giving side
2: right.
1: was a young cook who you've heard, I think, on this podcast, Eli,
2: oh, young who Eli. joined
1: us in the, a couple yeah. of the New York episodes, and Eli, uh, amazing chef, and he had worked for me for a while. And This was back in Atlanta. This right? was back in Atlanta yeah. at a seafood restaurant yeah, a that no ago. longer exists. Right. And you remember those days. You worked there. I did, yeah. That's where we met.
2: That is where we met. We got to
1: tell that story one One day, day. yeah. One that's day. on our relationship podcast that's yeah. coming down the road. Once we break the top 10 of the arts category, um, (laughs) she's like, speed it up. (laughs) We took Eli and basically – so the procedure for Eli's bucket was basically we had him go into the freezer. And when he got into the freezer, and if you know kitchens, you walk through usually the walk-in refrigerator, and then the back end is another few feet of the walk, in that's a freezer. There's another door. You go into the freezer. So Eli, we sent him in there to get some who knows what.
2: And then you locked him in.
1: Some frozen bone marrow fritters Mm -hmm. or whatever we were serving. And then we shut the door on him. So now he can't escape. He's in the freezer.
2: And this really just goes to, like, explain Eli now present day Eli uh,
1: all of his uh, yes because <laughs> he was like
2: what 16 then <laughs> well, I mean
1: of legal age
2: Barely, and yeah.
1: so now he's there now what is he going to do now we arrange the line outside the door of chefs who are going to give him this bucket and he was so beloved
2: that, that everybody, everyone
1: wanted. really wanted to get in on this Yeah. which is another part usually it's one person two people but no this was like the whole team <laughs> and so it was sort of like uh, a bull running a bull down the chute there when they so launched in the him walk-in. into the rodeo in the walk-in in the walk-in, oh,
2: that's gross. which
1: it was not a great plan because you do usually want to have a bucket happen to be outside. Able to, like,
2: hose it down.
1: We're, you're so so, so smart. I was not that smart at that. But moment. this
2: was probably like yeah, you know, the restaurant's about to close anyways, right? Was this yeah, when there, the, Ted Turner the, was in there measuring the aquarium and yes, <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> so, I mean so that's super
1: inside of Trash our own personal place. lives, but yeah, the restaurant's about to close, so we'll just unleash this bucket inside of the yeah, walk-in. Yeah. yeah, there was some heavy cleanup, but that wasn't that was an epic an epic bucket if you have uh, some restaurant bucket stories or videos ooh, bucket list did I just create a new thing we can go right up against uh, eating show we can do something called bucket list but it's videos of other uh, restaurants and chefs and teams doing the bucket Uh, send us some notes on that guys starving for pod on social media um, starving for pod at
2: gmail.com
1: or tag us on the Instagram starving for pod the number four number four at gmail.com Send us some emails. But usually the bucket ends up creating a massive uh, mess. (laughs) Taking a break. Uh, In order to feel comfortable that you're getting a fair price, you need pricing context, information that empowers you to feel confident. With TrueCar, you'll see what other people in your local market paid for the car you want. From there, you can connect with a local TrueCar certified dealer and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. That's something that we all want. Using TrueCar, you can easily find the car that you want. TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want. Now you know what a fair price is so you can feel extra confident. Once you register, You'll see real pricing on actual inventory, cars that exist. This is competitive pricing offered to you only by a TrueCar certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot. It's pricing you'll see before going to a dealership so you can feel confident when you show up. With TrueCar, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick Easy buying experience. That's something that I definitely want. TrueCar customers are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with TrueCar certified dealers. TrueCar users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. Truecars show their customer all of their available incentives before they even arrive at their dealership. That's amazing. Over 3 million cars have been sold to Truecar users by the Truecar Certified Dealer Network. And there are over 13,000 Truecar Certified Dealers nationwide. When you're ready to buy, visit Truecar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states.
2: Everyone. It's former WWE host Lillian Garcia. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever wonder how your favorite stars make it to the big time? Then come check out my new show, Chasing Glory, with Lillian
1: Garcia on PodcastOne.com. Hear me chat with some of your favorite athletes and
2: entertainers about their rise to the top. It's about to get real, raw, and inspiring. So join me for new episodes every Monday on podcast1.com, the new PodcastOne
3: app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts.
0: Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. And you
3: know what
1: also usually looks like a mess? A kitchen at the end of a reality cooking competition challenge. I mean, it gets really really bad huh. at the end of one of those challenges. Now you have never, never
2: really thought of that. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a disaster because people are running around. They have 30 minutes to right, cook and yeah. they have to it's cook chaos. with Skittles and gummy bears and steak. And they have no time. So they're yeah. just running around. It's chaotic. And I know you don't like I, you know comparing things to war. And I've never been mm, in war. So yeah. I, I shouldn't. But I've always sort of thought of the end of these challenges. It feels like a obviously less serious version of like D-Day where – you know when the bombs are going off, the place is just a mess. And like you look around, and like there's you know something on fire on the floor, and all you hear is the clicking of the pilot on the stoves, click 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 click, uh, and the things are smoldering. There's bad smells in the air. That's the yes. end of really every reality. I cooking imagine competition it being show. really quiet. It's eerily quiet because right. it's like hands up, Everybody, and and down. everybody's
2: probably thinking about what they did or what they didn't do, and like super contemplative moment but surrounded by just disgusting nightmare
1: that's what it is so like yeah there is a silence because now the host is back and a production is like you know stop cooking so all you hear is what's left and it's like crackling and burning and smoke one of my favorite moments ever of being someone who's competed on a reality show was uh, Top Chef All-Stars actually Mm -hmm. where at the end of one of these episodes that I'm talking about uh, I looked over and saw still to this day something that I can't understand I'd love to know who did it (laughs) And I just—it makes no sense to me, but it was—it's also hilarious. I look back over my shoulder, hands up, utensils down, and there's a grill behind me. Okay. And cooking on the grill, literally still on the grill, cooking right. is a quail. Okay. Not that weird, you might say. Right. Grilled I would, quail. I would say. The quail was not out of its plastic package <laughs> <laughs> this was
2: a cryo wrapped well uh, pr- um, a, a little low-tech sous vide
1: uh, right <laughs> on the grill where the plastic is now melting away and creating some sort Do you of think toxic someone just, like, encapsulated like, ravioli I almost
2: picture like someone just like launching it from like the walk in, maybe like onto the girl, just just trying to save time and and just prayer, winging a, a winging a prayer. I have
1: to find out at one point in my life who did this because like we Someone know who's there. To it. Someone, Someone, but owned I've up told to the story before. And no one's ever owned up to it.
2: Yeah. Well, um,
1: like there are moments when I'm to show, like what would happen if I put this can of beans in the fryer? But I've never done it because it could be dangerous. <laughs> I think that should like explode. Right. So don't ever do don't that. Do that. Yeah. Um, and I've never acted on it, but. Someone thought the best way to get this quail cooked is for me to just throw it on this hot grill in its plastic wrapper. Uh, that's crazy. But these kitchens, they end up looking like a massive disaster. And you know what? There's a department that has to clean that stuff up, Jasmine. Who? Uh, culinary production. Culinary production. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you even heard of such a thing, culinary uh, production? I mean,
2: from you, yes.
1: Yes. And joining us today in the walk-in studio is one of the foremost talents in the game, Sandy Birdsong.
3: What's up, guys? How's What's it going?
1: going on? Good. Good. How are you? Thank you for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to hang out with us.
3: Yeah. No worries. You're the man. So I mean, okay.
1: uh, how many shows, like currently, as you're sitting here, not to give you anxiety, because yeah, I no. would have that anxiety. <laughs> how many shows are you working on right now?
3: Uh, three right now. Five's been the most. at a time so three right now
1: that's insane so um, you heard us talking right there about how at the end of a specific challenge the kitchen is just destroyed a wreck Um, Mm -hmm. and I was sharing that experience of how like I looked behind my shoulder in one episode and there was a quail burning on the grill in plastic wrap Right. (laughs) and there's like the pilot light clicking and there's smoldering things on the floor Um, and one of the questions I always get is who has to deal with all of that at the end? And it's kind of your department, right? Yeah, it sure is. I mean, we, <laughs> the least we put it together part all your beautiful
3: job. for you guys and polish it and it's perfect. And every fork is turned the same way and every <laughs> spatula is put in this. Every utensil mm. bin has the same thing. Everything's pristine and polished and gorgeous, and then yeah, you guys kill it.
1: Yeah, you guys. Which you're right, because I am an animal. Yeah, like I and and self admitted, like I actually learned how to cook like an animal right. on reality show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't help that
3: you're under a time restraint.
1: Yeah, and you realize you're like, hey, uh, this isn't a kitchen in my. It's not my restaurant. No. Uh, I have to cook a little uh, in a different way. Well, just,
2: I mean, does everybody come in cooking like that, like an animal, or do some well, people like? I, yeah, have I to think build up uh, to that
3: I think that the time restraint is what happens with everybody because, right. and I, at first, I think I expected people to keep it clean and all the chefs to keep it clean, but then I realized it's not about that and it's not. So it doesn't. It's kind of almost funny in a way when we look at it. Um, <laughs> How bad did they destroy it? So it doesn't really make us mad as much as it's like, is this the biggest one? Oh, my God. Or look what they did with this. Because you, all it is is about getting it on the plate, right?
1: Yeah. But Get that's really understanding of you because I've worked with other culinary producers who well. will sort of like start giving you the side eye. You <laughs> know, like, my game. Sort of like Not which my I game. really appreciate. I mean, yeah. you've been in the game, so that probably yeah. helps a little bit. You understand the duress of competition totally. And I'm there um, for you
3: guys. To win and I know that that I've put that number on that clock, ooh, and I expect ooh, that you guys yeah. that hands up moment is important. That's where that's what makes me successful in my industry yeah, you're, is you're given that you're moment. the
1: game master yeah right so mm-hmm. you're like release the wolves yes
2: right. <laughs> yes um <laughs>
1: yeah. that's 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 good so you don't hunger do the Games reference. it's a hunger games wow. reference yeah. i like that but that's kind of what you do yeah like you're, you're creating sure. this world yes so you feel kind of bad basically you have guilt because you've created this incredible world for some of these uh cooks and chefs and at the end if they mess things up you're okay with that yeah
3: it's not really guilt as much as it's you know hey i want I want you to give me that fantastic moment. I want you to perform and just like, I want to push you all the way to your limit. And part of that's not cleaning up. So I don't really care that you've thrown it all over the place or whatever. At that point, if we were doing something different, it would make sense. But yeah, it's pretty destroyed that when I did, but, the difference in a savory show and a dessert show mm-hmm. it smells so much better when you're <laughs> oh, finished
2: with the yeah, dessert yes. show you right? know a yeah. little burnt sugar is nice
3: yeah,
1: yeah. caramel Chocolate. caramel and all yeah. of its phases yeah. uh, yes. it's still pretty good yes. even almost burnt yeah. Yeah. um well listen i also just was totally inspired i think you should do you take stills of like really bad kitchens at the end of something right, like, like, like five. i would take stills of all of the horrible scenes <laughs> <laughs> and then just do a coffee table book totally. and be like season be 8 awesome,
3: episode Actually, it's almost like a We thing. should yeah. because there are it those moments like, like okay, so scene. I had that
1: that season with the where I saw the quail, and like I still want to know who did that. Like, uh, who
3: would throw? You'll a, never admit. They'll never. They'll admit never admit it. it. They no. should
1: though because it's also kind of it's kind of funny. It is because cool. then someone said they they're like this is now. a good idea. Yeah. Because um, right. I was saying I've had ideas where it's like, oh, what would happen if I threw a can of beans in a in a fryer? <laughs> but I would never act on it because it's dangerous. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what I mean, do, is there anything that stands out like a certain scene to you that you're like, oh, wow, this was one that was like really horrendous? Hmm.
3: You know, I think the it is you guys really make it look like vomit when you're um, cleaning up things, right? Uh So when you go over and you have to take something out of something else, like a pan or a pot that's down in a pan or a pot, you're not really sure. And so then you create this screen to catch it, and then you're like, okay, let's just dump this, Ooh. and the smells are yes, yeah, I bet I it's bet. pretty nasty. But yes, yeah, it's, it's when you when you all put everything together, it's like you just toss it everywhere, but it all ends up in one big pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: that's, pretty, pretty, that's pretty that's pretty gross. Rarly. But let's be honest, you're at the top of the chain here, so this job really um, falls to you know people within your department. But one of the things that I always love is you know, if you if you understand the. Food, industry a lot of people in your department are just kind of random PAs aren't they
3: yeah that's where I, that's that's what I do I love for uh, I hire from the bottom and take them to the top
1: but like but I mean they're PAs who you know they want to be the next Wes Anderson like they they're writers they want to <laughs> produce sure. feature films and then all of a sudden you're throwing them into vomit vomit yeah. and they're scrubbing dishes <laughs> like, I, I
2: feel like yeah. that's actually
1: a really great rite of passage anyway like I you know admire PAs yeah just because they have to put up with they're amazing but do do any of them like are like oh well I thought maybe I'd be getting coffee well and now I'm lucky I'm
3: lucky because what happens is they always like to be in culinary because we get all the good food we get we cook we don't eat the craft services um and then we send them home with like grass-fed beef and all that stuff so everybody wants to be in that apartment then we play music when everybody's gone and we jam out and. Just because you're a PA or a dishwasher, in my department, the way I I run it all, including myself, I get in there and we do what it takes to get it done. So no one's treated any differently, which is very interesting. And that's the respect level is from one extreme to the other, because like you said, this PA is there for another reason. Right. Maybe they want to be a camera operator, AC or a director or whatever. So it's not about that level anymore.
1: Well, you run your department like a chef runs a kitchen. So it's like, listen, this might be a hard job, but you're going to get lobster. Yeah, exactly. Lots of lobster. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's one of the benefits of the show. I mean, you're also just like uh, your whole world is surrounded by all these amazing ingredients. And then they
3: get to learn how to cook, which is absolutely amazing. And they love it. People that started out in culinary as PAs that never cooked. They are now, like, interested in cooking. They're taking all the different kind of spices home and learning. So it's, it's fun. They come so back the next time. You're doing the all world all good. The stuff, Sandy right? Birdsong. Yeah, so yeah. listen, uh, I
1: think I know because I was actually, I think, involved in sort of what was the catalyst for you becoming this, like, mega culinary yeah, producer. <laughs> um, but but share with us, like, how did that world start for you uh, to be a producer?
3: Well, uh, really quickly because it's kind of a funny, uh, funny scene. But um, basically I was uh, – uh, just uh, sold a business in miami Florida and had and I, it was I was in the internet business a lot, a lot of entrepreneurial stuff and I was like well i don 't want to do that anymore i 'm so bored I want to cook so I went uh, to uh, a restaurant, the best, uh, one of the finest restaurants in South Beach, Tantra. Knocked on the door. The guy came over, and he was like, okay, uh, what's up? And I said, hey, can I cook in your kitchen? He says, have you ever been in a kitchen before? And I'm like, nope. Right. And he said, well, uh, I don't know if you can do this. And I said, well, just give me a chance. If you don't like the way I do it, you don't have to pay me. Give me a week. So he hired me. I was the best Argentinian crew in the kitchen you could ever imagine, but he threw me right in the center of them, and they weren't having it and so i had to fight my way through a right. week um he hired me and made me kitchen manager two weeks later um within three months i was head chef of the place nice and uh we got like four four star four diamonds uh on a uh, review and i was uh ranked like south florida's cheap to know or whatever and so then hell's kitchen called Okay. Mm-hmm. And I went and interviewed for Hell's Kitchen. They had me on, just ready to go in, and uh, then Top Chef calls. Look at that. Wow. And they were like, hey, well, we kind of want you. Which one do you want? Yeah. And so I turned down Hell's Kitchen and went to Top Chef. So right. that was yeah. season Miami.
1: That was Miami. And like, yes. you, so, I mean, your, your talent as a chef, we know, is amazing. And like, so you're a competitor on the well,
3: show? Well, it wasn't. That was my only two years at that one restaurant, That's only amazing. learning what was there on the line. So when I got into Top Chef, I was lost. I had no idea what anything was. I didn't know how to cook other things. The funniest thing was we were cleaning up one day after we had destroyed the kitchen. And we were cleaning up all of our stuff. And one of the contestants said, I can't find my passoire. I can't find my passoire. And so I just started looking. Brown like everybody else. Yes, uh uh-huh. Let's find this guy's passoire. Everybody's looking for this passoire, right. and we're looking, 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 and I probably crossed over it like three times, right? And then he goes, "Oh, I found it," and it was you know a hand strainer, and I'm like, "Oh God, I'm so
1: out of my league right, right. here right I, now." Well, listen, I I just learned what that uh, was right now. Oh
3: food. yeah, good, good. Cool. like, I'm thinking I'm completely out of my league. Uh, so, I mean, I'm like, what is that? Yeah. I know a little French. What is that? But how do you turn it? So how did you turn it from chef to producer? Well, so then I got kicked off the show second um and back then we used to sequester everybody for the entire run All of right, the show, right. so I sat behind scenes and I was like, "Oh my God, I love this! This is fantastic, amazing!" So I told Nan at the time she was the producer. I said, "If you ever need any help, I'd love to do this behind the scenes." She called me for a Super Bowl. I did a Super Bowl uh, <laughs> in Tampa for them. I did like this Ritz cracker yeah. thing. Yeah, I right? was there. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, so I that was, was my first one I ever put together. That yeah. was like your moment. Yes, right? that was it. So that was that's it. That's just
1: a random. Can you help us out and do this exactly, thing? exactly? Yeah, uh, and I remember it because it was a challenge uh, for the Super. Bowl. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and. I got in trouble for that. I don't know if you remember this. So a little <laughs> side story. I was representing the Pittsburgh Steelers in this challenge. Right. And I forget who I asked, but I was like, hey, listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a player named Heinz Ward. They yes, I do it- remember now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ooh. They play yes. at Heinz Stadium. <laughs> I'm some, a pretty whimsical come. sort of chef. I'm going to say the word Heinz and cook Sandy with Heinz ketchup. as said, it yeah.
2: was a Ritz cracker. Right? Was that? Okay, well, yeah, that was yeah, a, yeah, it was Ritz. But he put right. the Heinz. So, Ritz, Ritz
1: was probably the title sponsor. And so anyway, basically, I ended up giving this un, un you know unbeknownst to me, this sort of commercial endorsement for Heinz, <laughs> I said Heinz three times in 90 seconds. And like, you know, two days later, NBC yeah. Universal is like, I'm pretty uh, sure
2: NBC thought hey, you got a side check.
1: Yeah. You know that you gave a commercial to Heinz, which I <laughs> am now, Super by Bowl. the way, this there is my go. revenge <laughs> yeah. for it. Um, but no, I wasn't up to something. I just, that's what happened. But that yeah. was your first producing. that was the first one. And then you come on and then do a regular season. I'm yeah, assuming well, they, that's how it works. At that
3: point, they had hired, uh, they wanted me to do Just deserve Desserts. Just desserts That's had right. just come out, okay. so they just uh, they said, "Hey, are you, are you interested?" And actually, I was out in LA growing a p- pot farm at the time, so it's I was like, "Yep, I'll head early. out. Yeah, I'll he- I'll uh, hang out a little bit, and let's do this." i Had no idea what I was getting into, um, so I started on just desserts as just like a culinary AP, and. Um, Within the show at that moment, I told him, I said, listen, unless I'm running this part in this department, whatever you're asking to get done is not going to. Right. You got to give me the reins. I got to run if you want it to happen. And they did. I right like out that. of the blue. Wow. and uh, So it was so the same was
1: as uh, fighting your way through the Ar- Argentinian kitchen brigade.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. similar. <laughs> well, they used to steal a mise en place off my station. So right. I would prep, prep all my stuff. It was beautiful. I had gorgeous stuff. So middle of service, they would reach over, right, and grab mm. the stuff. At one point, I was pissed. I said, look. Yeah. <laughs> I said, if you grab my, st- I screamed. If you grab my st- I'm gonna chop your hand off.
1: <laughs> Don't mess with my meat. <laughs>
3: and, yeah, and the chef just started clapping. So then everybody else did, and they left me alone after that. But, that was it, so there
1: was none of that though on behind mm. the scenes on the top. Mm-hmm. Chef just no, desserts. No no, 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 um, so, no. So you were just like, I'm yeah. gonna run this. This yeah. is this is mine. So at some point, you went from I want to go visit Oz to I want to run Oz. Yeah, uh, you want to be the you want to be the person behind the curtain. Well,
3: I just I liked the game and I liked the puzzle right. and I liked the creative. And so I wanted to when when you go that far, you want to make it successful and make it 100% and with with other people standing in your way, you can't do that. And so that's what I did. I was like, "Okay, look, if you want this and this is what you're looking for, I've got it, but you got to give it to me."
1: So how involved Are you in a day to day in the actual creation of the challenges and the the, sort of the storyline for an episode?
3: Well, it starts out in it used to be where I was um, more. We every single challenge that we create, I test. So we test with uh, everybody from the dishwasher to a, you know, to a talented chef. So everything. So we have all these numbers that we're working with to come up with that that great number. Um, so very very responsible in the creative as far as that and how it will work and um, the ingredient. But then as uh, with different shows, depending on it's Top Chef, Master Chef, Food Fighters of Taste, they all have different departments that work with creative but culinary wise drives a lot of what they can and can't do they'll come up with something from the top now that i'm uh show running and co-eping it's different i come up with a lot of the challenges and put them out there as a you know a top line which is great
1: so so i'm curious so how does so how did it go from being uh you know culinary producer to you now EP and uh, showrunner because uh, those are yeah. and also you're going to have to explain probably to our viewer yeah, EP, what a showrunner yeah, right. okay. yeah, EP executive yeah. producer showrunner so
3: yeah with culinary producer is funny because there's not really in the world of Hollywood and all of the credits and everything there's not that that line is never really there so there's not really a culinary producer you've got to co-executive producer, you've got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, challenge producers, segment producers, APs, that kind of thing. But culinary was such a new thing that there wasn't a line item for it. So where I was probably just kind of like a co-EP before, but just running the culinary department, I was working over at MasterChef and then uh Shine asked me to go ma- to Canada and run MasterChef Canada's culinary team. And when I got there, it was their first season and they needed to build from ground up. And I was the. Oh, and they also wanted to do it all just like the U.S. version. So, yeah. I was the only person there. And one thing led to another and it was like okay they come to Sandy for all the answers all the answers so it just you know it happened kind of like it did on just desserts it was like okay who's giving you the answers well she's giving you the answers so she's you know Maybe. running it and then I come back here and uh, after three years uh, doing Canada and Top Chef and then Top Chef Juniors now on the board so yeah. they're like okay we want you to I, show on T this is this is still like
1: I mean w- w- what did that moment feel like when you're like okay I, I just got thrown into this and now I'm producing a show, but now my business is helping run three, four, five shows at a time.
3: I don't really think about it, honestly. It's just I think I about love it. it. A lot. I play
1: around. <laughs> you know, I think about you a lot because, like you, because there was like what was color in production before it was color in production. It was art department. It was yeah. A, I guess
3: uh, some PA's thrown together to clean up. Right. So it wasn't even just, a thing. No. Uh-huh. And then
1: you. End up being the thing. Yeah. people like, realize
3: did... they had to have a culinary person to understand food TV.
1: So, so some of that, you know, I know you're pretty humble, um, but like it's not, like you just you worked so hard, and then this like magic lightning bolt happened yeah. of the right time in the right place, where you're like the culinary producer. In Hollywood.
3: Mm, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like, there's a smile because that's
1: insane to me. Yeah, like, you you created good. a business that didn't exist. So yeah. I have
2: some logistical questions. Please. I, I will, you would think he tells me these things, but I don't know anything. No, so, I
1: also don't know very much. So,
2: that, right, well, yeah. so how many people are on your team?
3: Currently I have uh, currently I have about 26. Wow. Um and that's kind of my A-crew and B-crew and then I have uh and they're all working close on one to, show, the 26. No, 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 you haven't split up. I haven't split up on different shows. Got it. And I have probably about another 20 that, you know, are like part-time and that I put out. It was funny because I had one girl from Food Network come to me and apply for one of the positions I was recently hiring for and she told me because of you our paychecks are higher. Wow. And I said, "What do you mean?" And she says, "Well, because my team works for Food Network now as well on some of the other shows, and because we were a network show over at Top Chef and, and MasterChef, I was able to create, you know, a, a nice, you know, pay rate for most of the people that were there, where before it was a very low pay rate. Mm-hmm. So then when they'd go to apply for Food Network, it was like, no, this is what I make, so... Right, and she 's pretty big over there, so is that 's kind ways. of amazing fun, so, right? so you 're
2: helping people out
3: yeah as well, well they 're getting paid what they should get paid, obviously sure. right. you know it 's a lot of work
2: and so what what is your what 's your team doing like during the challenge so.
3: Mm-hmm. okay so yeah we, so we talk about after goes. the challenge right <laughs> yeah but during the, ch- yeah, what during are, the yeah, challenge during the challenge during the challenge we um, so but just before the challenge everything 's set up all the food mm-hmm. the equipment, um, and then we do what we call double one hundred make sure it 's right because there 's at no point in time. Can one of the chef's ask for something that should have already been there because then that affects their time right. and I can't have that. So I have to think what's very interesting is I have to think about every single chef and what they would possibly want to make and what equipment they would possibly want to use. Thank you Richard for all the extra hype and <laughs> right, the yeah. stuff Oh that's I have my fault. Every kitchen. time I see a nitrogen I tank I know <laughs> that's my fault so I and apologize. all the gadgets and the stuff. Uh-huh. So like where Richard is one person and then let's say you know Mike is another person. I have to yeah. make sure that everything in the pantry in the equipment in your world is ready to go and then we set it up that way um and at fair across the board for everyone and uh challenge starts and we're watching constantly behind the scenes because we've had equipment break and what happens we're right there that's so. Seconds. that's what I, you you yeah. had a question about right, that so mm-hmm. so
2: if something breaks
3: we're right there We right replace it. so they it. call you, you yeah repla-
2: you pull it out yeah they'll you say culinary it, you just replace it
3: yeah we just place <laughs> wow. well first we check to see if it's user error Right. If it's user error, we say, sorry, it's on you, and uh, we walk off. Well. If it's not, we grab it, and it's replaced. One of okay. the coolest things, though, is when they get cut. I don't know if you've ever watched this switch, but it's amazing. They get cut. By the time the medic is bandaging them, we have already taken the knife, the cutting board, all the ingredients out of the way and replaced it all yeah it back I've seen this before the mostly on Food Network done. shows yeah. thank goodness um, <laughs> thank goodness though
2: just for like health
3: and yeah, safety yeah.
1: but no I mean that's as a judge you're mm-hmm. really grateful for that right. so yeah, yeah, that for you're sure. not you know yeah. that your health and safety is yeah. being taken into consideration yeah. um, I like how you said you know we check for user error wink wink 90% right. yes. of the time <laughs> yes. it's not plugged in yeah, or they didn't right. turn it on that's the
3: funniest it's right. not plugged just in the on switch it's like constantly just plug it in because sometimes our guys will sit there and go on 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 yeah. just plug it in yeah, just, and you just can't, can't take them. a breath take can, a breath you can't tell them it's Misca not plugged user. It in right. walk off that's right. so like
1: one of my favorite things and this is getting a little inside baseball but is do you wake up in the middle of the night sometimes just hearing like culinary <laughs> <laughs> culinary
0: because it's what like yeah. it's
1: what competitors are trained like if Gosh. you have an issue that might be an equipment issue to yell out culinary but some of us myself admittedly um, end up just like, if something's going wrong, you're we're just like, out. there's no, it, it just, our life isn't great.
3: Yeah. You get so like, home and you I'll still yell culinary I'm going to go you? sit
1: on the five for two hours after <laughs> yeah. this. I'm yeah. just going to yell
3: out culinary, culinary. culinary. <laughs> That's the best thing. Everybody's like, when I go home, I just miss culinary. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Because right. they do everything for you. And we do. I yeah. yeah. want you to be successful. So
1: now we talked about, so the end of the show and the cleanup and what, ha- what's happening in the middle. Um, but Probably the the most beautiful part is the beginning of of a challenge or an episode, right? Where you get to – like you get to sort of put everything in place. Yes. And like some of those shots, I mean, that you're responsible for, Mm -hmm. like, you know – the the hosts you know entering a kitchen and all the beautiful produce and ingredients yeah um, there's a lot that goes into that
3: there's a lot and and I think that what I like on our show uh, is or the shows that I do is that it's all real so even all the food shots that you see like when they reveal something that is a truly edible product and it's also been you know if I'm going to give you a challenge it's going to I'm going to know that it works in your environment. So like behind the scenes where I'm testing has the exact same stove, exact same pots, exact same pans, exact same blenders, all that. Because, you know, you get one blender or you get another blender, everything can turn out differently. So all of that set up and beautiful and polished and clean and the cords are all wrapped the same way. And all the fruit is, you know, all the stickers are off. Everything's beautiful.
1: And one of those things that always fascinates oh, the me. The stickers
2: are off.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. what a job. Can imagine? Yeah. That's I a PA never, job. Was just, yeah, like, it's just like something you yeah, would never PA think job.
2: of. It's amazing. A PA. Mm-hmm. Production yeah. assistant. Right? Production mm-hmm. assistant. Yeah. There we go. Just but rather, wow,
3: rather listening to music and eating lobster though. Right, yeah. exactly, so, exactly. life's not bad
2: yeah.
1: and also well, a lot of people don't know that so like behind the scenes it's it's like a it's a, it's a store yeah
3: it's like a grocery store especially on, house. The, on the
1: bigger and all, all you do is work on big shows yeah, yeah. so like on the bigger shows it's basically like yeah this is a whole wall of Vitamixes yeah here's exactly. kitchen it's everything yep. you possibly could want uh-huh. so someone has to take off all the stickers that's insane that's yeah. what's your favorite part of like the daily grind of it
3: that hands up moment yeah. Then okay. knowing it's successful. It's kind of like the moment, you know, when we're in the kitchen and we've, you know, got 800 covers and it's in three hours. And it's magic in the kitchen when that when you're done, when right. you put out. The, that's what that feels like. So do you know who's <sighs> going to win? Like when you watch no, it? No. I, I always ever, like, pick the wrong person. <laughs> oh, wow. Always <laughs> <Okay, so there laughs> so pick so the wrong person. So there's a little bit of Vegas happening behind the scenes. You're just
1: so, uh, you're just so close scenes. to it. Yeah.
3: Like well, it, you know. what happens is it's interesting. Uh, Competition is not for every chef. True. And so would. you. You could be a great chef and come into it and be better than anyone else, but if you can't handle competition or if you can't handle handle being controlled, which is the worst for most of us in in this world, is how you handle that pressure. And Richard, obviously, is a master at being able to get a challenge right away and flip it around in your head and create something amazing. Mm -hmm. That is a talent in itself, and you don't know that until you Yeah, the problem with that
1: is I am good at that, but it doesn't translate (laughs) to the real world too. (laughs) It's like that's the thing I'm good at, Uh, It's like doing challenges on a TV show. Yeah, Um, that's now. Are you responsible also for anything that's happening back, like for on a show like Top Chef, the cast house that if there's food involved? Are you?
3: Yeah, yeah. So basically, and those are like on the fly. It's hilarious. So if all of a sudden all the chefs are talking about, hey, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to have crawfish or whatever? And then next thing, I go. Bird song, can you go get crawfish? Uh, yeah, it's like ten o'clock at night. When do you want it? About thirty minutes from now, you know. Yeah, this some guy has um, to yes. make this
1: crawfish étouffée right yes, now. Yes, exactly. He's super drunk, and yeah. we're getting some really good stuff right now. Yeah. So you're watching in uh, Video Village or in your own little world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of the cameras happening at one shot, and you are. So you're in it. Like yeah. during an episode, you're watching what's happening. If
3: I'm not on the floor, yeah.
1: If you're not on the floor,
3: floor with y'all, I'll either be on the floor with you or be in the village, yeah.
1: Right. And like, um, how often does the show have to, does a show have to stand down for a second? Like, because of a major equipment error or?
3: uh, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm at 487 challenges right now today, 487. And we have not had not one culinary where the show has to stop.
1: That's amazing.
3: Wow. We have had one time where the electricity went off in Texas 10 seconds before we finished a challenge, oh, which gosh. was the worst because we wow. were about to start counting down the 10 yeah. and the the power went out. Um, and that was a nightmare. Uh, but other than that, I mean, as far as in the challenge, we have had some challenges that, you know, where... We may have to adjust timing because of one thing or another. It was usually something unforeseen because things are tested in the dessert world. Um, that happens a lot, or pastry, right, you know, right. because of you know temperatures or blast chillers not you know performing properly. But as far as the way I look at it is, like every hour is about forty grand, so I don't want that to be on culinary's oh, wow. backs. That's so.
1: insane. So yeah. you end up being, uh, for someone again who's been on as a, a competitor, you also end up being sort of the liaison between the cooks who are competing. Like you're their yeah, voice. I am. So you get pretty close to them.
3: Yeah, and well, I like that. I understand us and uh, that's how i feel i feel like i'm part of that crew the 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 chef contestants you know you're there because i know what you're feeling i know what you're thinking and so i get into that mode um when i'm creating and working in challenges so it goes from puzzle and producer to chef and contestant and how does all that work and that's i think why i got so you know uh, why why i'm successful and and I call it luck. I know you don't. No, like me you're to beloved. Say that, but that's, you're beloved. Like I'm saying, like, I mean, when, uh, yeah, when I see you on both. set, and
1: I've seen you on so many different yeah. things now, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, Sandy, this is amazing. It's well, like, my, I just I, have a good that's time. My, that's my fam uh, right there. Yeah, just um, have a good time. But at the same time, when you're dealing with contestants, you can't get like you can't answer all of their questions. Like I can't. It's a game and there are rules and it's
3: right, right. And I can't get personal with them. And and that's the biggest thing too. When I'm working with anybody, I always make sure that, and my entire team does. And I'm sure you've seen it that. Uh, There's no favorites, um, and there's nothing. So every single time we leave from one contestant to the other, it's a whole new world for us, and it's like you're our brother or our sister, and we want you to win the whole thing. And so we're working with you like that. But I can't get into personal things, and I don't. You
1: can't advise or anything like that. And
3: I don't don't babysit chefs either. And you're working on Top Chef junior, now, junior right now so yes. you don't
2: babysit them but no is it different but it's very different. you are babysitting them
3: <laughs> yeah right and, uh, no they are way better than the adults right they yeah. listen they're they're sponges they want yeah. to and they do things extremely well you know they're in, in school right now still the school age they're taking tests yeah. they're they're spun they get it right and it's fun for them and it's something unique so they learn how to use a knife really well and they, they just do it and adults That's we cool. get caught up in no well I kind of like it this way or I think I can do it better another way I don't want to listen to that and but juniors yeah kids are unbelievable yeah so
1: you're on set with Top Chef Juniors yes. which is uh, just about to air mm-hmm. in our world here yeah uh, and you've done Master Chef Juniors yes um, and I, I, any show that I do with kids is fascinating because they're talented right but there's also do you find like there's two camps it's like kids that we've kind of created yes because they've watched us cooking right. for the last 10 years right but then there also is a little bit of the Hollywood parents uh, I answered a yeah. casting State call. Kids.
3: I made spaghetti and meatballs. Here yeah. you go. I want to be on Broadway. Exactly. and that's just different shows how they cast. Right. You okay. know, um just like you know, Top Chef just like Top Chef and Master Chef mm-hmm. has the adult version. Oh yeah. The mm-hmm. difference in casting there. Yep. Same thing with juniors. So when you watch juniors you're gonna see a whole different level of kid than you would with watching oh, MasterChef cool. Junior. Yeah, it that's is interesting. Crazy. Like, yeah. we created
1: them. Like, yes, it, you have. Like it's yeah. it's uh, your fault, Sandy, It's actually. your fault, uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> We're all
3: there. And, and, But yeah, uh, it's a they, new generation. They're unbelievable.
1: Cool. Um, I think, listen, you also very humbly was like, I'm working on, uh, you know, I've done Top Chef and MasterChef and The Taste and Food Fight, all of these <laughs> big, big network shows. Yeah. Um, this is a viewer uh, question here. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between, like, a MasterChef and a Top Chef? from your from your view
3: uh um, besides budget (laughs) Uh, you know that's a that's a big one obviously i think uh really and truly the the main difference with me is on top chef all the chefs are very professional they know they've got their head in the game they know what they're doing and um i don't have to um train them i don't have to babysit them as much i don't have to work with them like that but with uh master chef it's home cooks and they right. haven't been uh even in a kitchen most of them you know and on a, or uh, in a professional, professional kitchen yeah. so going about their pantry and their equipment and their mindset that's what's different like for a chef without you know not having as much experience like when you Come on my show, or or you know any any of the chefs like Michael and any, anybody that comes on.
1: Michael Botaggio yeah, Michael who was just with us last yeah, week. Here. Yeah,
3: great. So it's like I have to try to think like him to make sure it's all there for, him. and I have to think oh, like that's you. A dark space, but then, I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, true. I love you, Michael. <laughs> oh yeah, we just I uh, just had him yesterday. That's why he's on my mind. So um, but then when you go into home cooks they're a totally different breed right. they just don't they don't have that polish yet so now you have to look at that and make a whole different yeah i feel like
1: the home cook has like show. an assortment of recipes that they have collected maybe yes but where, like, well, even
3: probably just the equipment, it's a they little want, bit yeah. more of an
1: improv situation yeah. on like the top plating
3: shot. is horrible, <laughs> right? That's the worst. It yeah. looks like they never, and they always make way too much of everything. So there's a and they pot of on on potatoes. Yeah.
1: I like yeah. it though, because, you know, again, having judged some of that show as well, like, then you see these things that are like really like archaic and yes. like throwbacks. you like, I haven't seen a balsamic drizzle <laughs> in five years.
3: That's a Yes. A
2: stack. Yeah. It's What's that? A stack. A stack yes. of tomatoes oh and mozzarella.
1: My oh my God! Yeah. Long Island in the '80s. I miss you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally true. So here's Definitely. a uh, sort of a, a, a heavier question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the food space is so saturated. Competition is so saturated. Mm-hmm. You've been able to be on the, you know, the top of it on all these great shows. What's the future? Is there is there a future of competitive cooking or is it where where's the the food world on television gonna go
3: you know it's funny because when i first started this i thought you know wow what is this probably three years it's gonna this is gonna be about three years my career will be done in this world so i'll start something else okay. well it just continues to go and continues to go and then you know now we're doing a top chef junior so it's like i don't know i really have no idea but watching these kids it's impressive. And the things that they one of the coolest things that you'll probably love Richard is the fact that I do these little questionnaires with them and get to know them a little bit. And I'm like, what kind of restaurant do you want to create, you know? And usually we'll all have like the one answer. Yeah. They have like all the all like two and three and four cuisines in one restaurant. Right. And like 6 to 8 of them did this out of a group of 12. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So you see the future of what a restaurant's going to be.
1: Right. Yeah. So you like about you it. You yeah. go upstairs and you're in India. Yes. And you're, the, downstairs yep. and you're in Italy. And, you got, d- and that's d-
3: exactly how they're thinking. Yeah. So we have no idea. We, we don't know. This, this is internet. Gen Z. We have no idea right. yeah. where right. we're going. That's, here.
1: that's the Internet. Um, yeah. That's just insane. So like so now you've you've gone from, uh, you know, cook chef to producer. Then like you're doing the EP stuff. So how much now are, have you have your dreams changed? And I say this because, like, I'm here behind a mic. Like, I really like this. Like, mm-hmm. I like being now in front of the camera. It, five years ago, I never would have said that. Yeah. You know, I like getting the opportunity to read scripts and, and act a little and do all these other things. Like, I'm reading something about how you're, you know, positioning cameras and you're doing much you know, more. You're, you're mm-hmm. doing sort of uh, director of photography, uh, you know, uh, director sort of stuff. What are some of your, your dreams outside of this world?
3: My dream is still just to be on a beach and collect shells. That's it, you know. It is so <laughs> yeah, when I do, when I yeah. When I'm off, that's where I go, to the beach and collect shells. When are you ever off then? If you're shooting all these, I mean, Um, where do you find time? There's this this time around the holidays, you know, November, December, sometimes some January. And then I used to get off a couple weeks during the summer. But, you know, so. Good problems to have, as we say. For sure.
1: But there was that where there was a season and now it's just kind of nonstop.
3: Yes, yeah, I used to only have yeah show for three months. That was Top Chef. Right. And then when MasterChef got on board, it was th- six months and three months. So I had three months off. And so, then it just got ridiculous. So do you
1: find out that your company, because it's become what it is, like, do you have other, like, we asked a lot of other entrepreneurs that, that sort of question. Like, now are there other culinary production companies that are sort of trying to grab part of your.
3: If, I don't think track, so. Here? I think what happened is uh, between. You know myself, and then Food Network. I think it just kind of got wrapped up yeah. uh, right. because if they call, you know, if they they'll pro- most likely call me first, just because of the the reputation in the industry. And either they can they go in that direction budget wise, or they go in another direction. You know, um, trying to be nice, but basically, if they can't afford the the A team, then. They, you're the a They go on another. You're being another super nice direction. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super so, yeah. expensive. I've been doing this
1: for a while. No, we have no, an no. It's, team.
3: My team is pretty expensive. Right. That's what it is. You know. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, they get they get they do a lot of work.
1: What are right. What are some of the newer projects that you have upcoming?
3: Uh, we're doing uh, some really cool, fun things for Netflix, which is is going to be fun. Nice. Uh, you know, they're they're. I like how Netflix platform is, and uh, it's different and edgy and new, and I think that that's one of the things you touched on, you know, where is this going? Right. Um, I think that uh, I'm liking that, and I like uh, all the just kind of the new game um, out there in this field. been a little more edgy.
1: Nice. So there's new shows that we don't know about that are coming our way on Netflix (laughs) that you'll (laughs) have something to do with, which now I just have to text my agent.
3: (laughs) The the fact that I don't know about this really bothers me. There's some fun stuff. Um, You know, that's what I'm starting to like is all these little fun, quirky, different things because, you know, being on a show for three or four months doing the same thing, um, I get bored really quick, uh, and that's probably – why I go from show to show and do things like that but all these new edgy little fun things are right. really cool so then,
1: but there are there are those moments where you're like what if we do this yes. like, so you're having those moments oh yes yeah. and now people are, are letting you yeah. uh, make those decisions
3: yeah it's good
1: so the, the so the future of the food comp- you know food competition is in great hands yes, yes. it's all up to you <laughs> oh all,
3: goodness and I'll go that far <laughs>
1: nice um, but, well listen yeah. uh, do you want to get into some, some, some uh, less heavy stuff some fun stuff games yeah so we like to play some games here on Starving for Attention Okay. Uh,
3: Goodbye. You no <laughs> uh, you I go.
1: think you'll I think you'll like this one because you, you have a good uh, um, insight into uh. into this game. So we call this game Who Said What?
3: Oh gosh! Okay. Who said what?
1: Right. And we're gonna play it. Uh, obviously related to your world, okay. so it's who said what. And the two, it's gonna. I'm gonna read you quotes, and okay. you're gonna to have to tell me who said this quote. And your answers have to be either Tom Colicchio, okay. who you know, <laughs> yeah, or Gordon Ramsay, oh, God. who you also know a little bit, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. The game is who said what okay. with Sandy Birdsong, culinary producer. Uh, her her choices can be Tom Colicchio or Gordon Ramsay. Here we go. First one is, I think the most effective way to run a kitchen is to teach, not to just yell. Is that Tom Colicchio or Gordon Ramsay?
3: Well, I would say it would right. be Tom Colicchio. You got it's it right. Just, <laughs> you got it right. You know, the yelling, were, come yeah, on. You, you, were, you got it right. Sure. Okay, so That's here's the next crazy. one then. The
1: follow-up to that one, uh, one uh, B, if you will, would be, who said this? What are you
2: an idiot sandwich?
3: Yeah, that's Gordon. <laughs> that's Gordon Ramsay, everyone. Um, <laughs> Is it kind
2: of Softball so far, huh? Softball? Softball. You think? I don't know. All Is it right,
1: going to be softball thing? Okay, here uh-huh. we go. Next quote. Tom Clicker or Gordon Ramsay. People don't understand Obesity is a symptom of poverty. It's not a lifestyle choice. where people – I don't even have to finish the quote. He's all about. I don't it. even have to finish yes. it. That's Tom Colicchio talking about uh, obesity a- yeah. epidemic and how to get um, kids healthy good school team, lunches. Very food. Tom. Colicchio. Yeah, very Tom. All right, how about this one? F off you fat useless sack of <laughs> Why are you making yes, this so dang easy? Dandy, right? Right?
3: Uh, Gordon, come on. I've oh heard these God. all is per- it that easy? firsthand. Come second. on. Is it that What's going easy? on? <laughs> those are pretty, actually, these are these are pro- pretty okay. easy. are pretty I should have
1: probably done this. Here's the last set of questions. This is the last set. You, Maybe you should let me make up those easy. questions. Yeah. Oh, it hasn't. I don't think it's been that easy. Okay. Um, this is sort of at the end. Of, I, these were grabbed at the end of episodes of both of their shows. Oh,
3: yeah, great.
1: Um, this one is, uh, overall, this was a fine competition. Two fine chefs with great careers ahead of them.
3: Gordon. Oh, that's Tom oh, Clickio. No. Oh. That was Tom Clickio. That's wow. great. So we're not that was, that No, know, we're not. That was
1: really good. Yeah. Um, and the final one, is it uh-huh. Gordon or Tom? This is a really tough decision because you're both crap.
3: Well, <laughs> 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 Tom would never say yeah. that. That is Gordon Ramsay? That's you batted Gordon. like 975. Nice. There you go. Yeah. That was kind yeah. of
1: amazing on Who Said What? Wow, we've only played that game one other time.
3: Yeah.
2: God. but I bet. But I bet people would be – I mean – Obviously, via the quotes, it's easy to see the difference between the two of them. Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, Tom are they are they that, like that different in person? <laughs> oh oh, oh yeah, working extremely. with them, are they that different? Extremely
1: different. Yep. Yeah, they're b- extremely different. But yeah. they are both real chefs. Yeah, like, that's yes, one thing. Because totally. I think yeah, when a certain amount of fame, becomes like you're just well, a guy who hosts a TV show. And they're both they're both real
3: chefs. Right, right. And yeah. Tom
2: can be stern
3: at times. He can be he's stern, not, but he's, he's not. not Disrespectful or rude. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 And Gordon can love, forget, Gordon, Gordon plays the disrespectful, rude very well. Yes. Exactly. That's well, exactly. Yes. Like, I kind of want the combination
1: of both of them. Yeah, like, fans love it, for sure. Um, yeah. And, yeah. like, there is a part of it that's, like, uh, you know, like he plays the part well, like yeah. what you said. There's a writing element to it that I just find fascinating with with all of us as characters in this universe that we live yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun game. You did really well. We do one last thing, uh, Sandy Bird Song. Uh, it's called. 86th.
0: Get it out of here. It's 86th.
1: So, All right. uh, it's something, could be anything that you just want to get rid of. You want an 86. It could be something in the culinary production world, something in the food film TV. and television, food TV world. It could just be in something from your personal life. You ready? Okay. Sandy Birdsong song, You Want an 86? Trump. Whoa, there we go. Hey, okay. we're here. Just bring it. We've had people, <laughs> we have had people dance around it a little bit. We have. Yeah, yeah, yeah we we have. Me. We've had people dance around nothing. it. You want it's 86 good. Trump oh, and yeah. uh, you're not you're alone. You're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not alone. Uh, Sandy Birdsong, you're amazing. You're Thanks one of my personal me, heroes. What you've done has been amazing. You've Appreciate pioneered it. and kickstarted a whole new business. Fun. Uh, best of luck in all you do. I'm going to go research whatever that Netflix project is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's going to go. He's already it on
1: his phone. Um, Hey everyone. Uh, If you like this episode, go on Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe to Starving for Attention, give us a review, rate us, tell us that you love us because uh, the more that you review and rate us and subscribe and download, the more episodes that we get to produce and we can bring on amazing people like Sandy Birdsong and we get to hang out with uh, Jasmine who's been the sous chef today, which means she does all the work and gets none of the credit. Um, You can also go to Podcast One. Uh, We have a new app. Go to the Podcast One app and you could download it, load it. You can uh, then be in contact with our whole community and you could talk about us and you can see videos online and all all sorts of extra special features. Uh, and you can find us, of course, on social media at starving for pod That's Starving, the number four pod, across all social media platforms. Uh, I'm Richard Blaze, and uh, we'll see you next week. Stay hungry.
0: Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Listen to new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app. Or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.com. Hey, have you heard? Podcast One has a whole bunch of awesome new shows filled with big names that are waiting for you on our brand new amazing app. This one's a game changer. There's Norman Lear talking to Amy Poehler, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Charles Barkley. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted with Brian Cranston, Josh Gad, and soon, Neil Patrick Harris. Nice. OC Real Housewife, Heather Dubrow's World. Lady Gang's Three Mimosa Podcast with Leah Michelle, Nellie Furtado, L. King, and more. Plus, every episode of The Adam Carolla Show, Dan Patrick, and Rich Eisen. And if you like what happens in the ring, we've got Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Chael Sonnen, and a whole bunch more. So download our one- of a kind new app and see for yourself. Go to the App Store, Google Play, or download it now at podcast1.com.